If I gave a fuck what y'all think, y'all think I would be doing this? Welcome to the FMFU podcast, the podcast that's from me for us. Vulgar but true, real and never fake. I'm your host, A.O. Reese, and I've got a lot of shit on my mind today, so let's get into it. Happy Friday, people, and welcome to an all-new exciting episode of the From Me For Us podcast. Two words, I'm back, and it's time to kick things off better than ever. I hope you had a chance to catch up during the hiatus, but if you haven't, now is a great time to start the journey of the podcast that is FMFU. There's been a topic on my mind these past couple of weeks or so, and it makes me think back to some words stated by a wise young man some years ago. Here we go! When I was in college, I learned in communication class about a theory called the Jahari Window Model. Now, you know this must have stuck with me because real talk, I can't remember shit relevant from college. But the Jahari Window Model is a technique that helps people better understand their relationship with themselves and others, and it is normally used as a good exercise for co-workers and can be even used in some relationships. To give you a visual of what this model is, let's imagine a big square and put four smaller squares drawn inside, making the big square look similar to a window, hence why it's called the Jahari window model. In each quadrant or each window, it represents a different type of communication identity, and it's all based on the following. So. I'm trying to give you a visual picture here. If we start in the top left corner and then go left to right, the first one in the top left corner is known as your open pane. The open pane is defined as something that's known to self, but also known to others. Moving to the right would be the blind pane. That's something that's not known to self, but something that others notice about you. If we go to the bottom left, then go to the right, you have the hidden pain in the bottom left, which is something that's known to self, but not known to others. And then lastly, in the bottom right corner is the unknown pain, which is something that's not known to self and also not known to others. Now, bringing up this point, I think personally out of these four quadrants, they're all important. But one, in my opinion, I've always considered the most important is the blind pain as it's something that is being seen by others, but you have yet to see it for yourself. Sometimes when people discuss things or they're trying to make a point, they don't always see how they're being perceived from others. As I've stated before, perception is key. Let's say you're trying to convince me to believe in something or you want to convince me to do. I don't know. Let's just say anything. Sometimes it would depend on how the information is presented to me. Let's say you're trying to spread a word about something important, but you belittle the people because they aren't quote unquote woke. Or, you know, they're not sure of what you're trying to say. You know, you're not going to be able to get through to your audience that way. That's like if I use this podcast to try to convince you all to vote for someone. But me as a person, I judge everyone and I tell everyone to all their faces. All y'all listeners are some idiots. You're less than me and you know nothing. But here's why you should listen to me. You can't get someone to listen to what you have to say by insulting them. 
So the blind pain is important because you have to be aware of how you sound when you talk to someone because they won't get the point. I've always felt ignorance does not equal stupidity. Well, let me rephrase that. Casual ignorance doesn't equal stupidity. Willful ignorance does equal stupidity. And that's a whole nother topic. But if we stick to casual ignorance, if someone is ignorant to a fact about anything in life, then your job should be able to educate them in a way that they can relate to. The education should be something that is tailored to them or that fits them. There are billions of people in the world and there is no such thing as a one size fits all technique. Speaking of fitting everyone, I saw this meme and uh, this meme, it had a picture of a bird, a chimpanzee, a penguin, an elephant, a fish, a seal, a dog, and it had a man behind a desk. And it seemed like that all of the animals were part of some type of animal contest or some shit. And the man behind the desk was the American Idol type judge. So the man sitting behind the desk judging, he proceeds to say, for a fair selection, everybody has to take the same exam. Please climb that tree. Now, we aren't talking about tests here because we're talking about communication. But my point is that I stated earlier, everyone is different. You can't deliver information to everyone the exact same way, just as you can't expect an elephant, a penguin or anything other than a monkey to pass the test of climbing a damn tree. These are simple facts that sometimes get overlooked for some odd reason. And it's a very simple concept. Remember who your audience is when delivering and always be cognizant of what you're saying. You know, you might even be blind to some things, but that's OK. This is why other people should be able to point them out to you. You know, I might be like, ha ha ha, bitch, fuck you. You know, and it's all a joke. But if I go, bitch, mother, fuck you, you know, that shit is real. <laughs> Now that we caught up on the lesson from 2018, yeah, yo, Reese. Thanks, 2018, Reese. No problem, I'd really like to take a dive into this more from an even different perspective. <laughs> Communication is truly near and dear to my heart. I think because I naturally have a gift of gab, it's always been something that has worked in my favor. Being able to play moderator, coach, psychologist, having the ability to galvanize the troops has not only been a strong trait to have in my day-to-day -day life, but it's a strong trait for me to have in my professional role as a scrum master. Sometimes these things come to me so naturally, though. Sometimes it comes so natural, I'm often confused on why people don't see things the way I see them. Sometimes I just have to sit there and think to myself, like, nigga, is you stupid or is you dumb? Like, two plus two equals four, my nigga. Urf! But this is normally around the time where my self-awareness comes in, and I have to fix my face to prevent myself from looking at you like you've got three fucking heads. It's the FMFU podcast, bitch. The Jahari window exists in communication theory for a reason, and the blind pain is probably the most annoying to deal with because... A lot of times, people don't even realize what they're actually fucking saying. You know that old saying of say what you mean and mean what you say? A lot of times people give communication that is incorrect and they don't even realize they're doing it. It's sort of like lying by omission, but not quite. Let's examine. Lying by omission is defined as the deliberate act of leaving out important details so the truth is skewed or misrepresented. It's the counterpart of lying by commission or using false direct statements. So a lot of times when people communicate incorrectly and leave out information, they may think, oh, I didn't do anything wrong because I wasn't purposely trying to omit information, right? Wrong. <gasps> While lying by omission is a deliberate act, there is another word for omission negligently, and this is defined as confabulation. Confabulation is defined as a disorder 
wherein a patient generates a false memory without the intention of deceit. The patient believes the statement to be truthful, hence the descriptive term honest lying. This is distinguished from lying as there is no intent to deceive and the person is unaware of the information being false. Although individuals can presently blatantly falsely give information, confabulation can also seem to be coherent, internally consistent and relatively normal. So normally confabulation is a term that's used in the neurological world for patients who suffer from things like, you know, Alzheimer's, dementia or someone who might have dealt with traumatic brain injury. Brain injuries can create false memories, right? But you know, in my head, when I looked at this definition of this word, I feel like this still applies to people who don't suffer from those diseases. You know how many times a story is told and there are specifics that are left out and the person who's telling the story might think they've told everything correctly based on what they think they saw? They're blind to the fact to realize that the misinformation gives false perception of the story and it changes the story that ultimately is viewed a different way because they fucking mistakenly left out certain things. That's like when we're on the game, right? Everybody knows. Me, my squad, we get it in. We play a lot of fucking Warzone. But that's like you have somebody you're playing with and he's screaming out, he's one tap, he's one tap. He's giving you the perception, hey, I'm only battling one guy. Like, one of y'all niggas come push and kill this nigga before he kills me. But in reality, the nigga probably got shot by three people in the room. So when you're going over there to run to help him, you end up getting fucking blasted by the other two enemy teammates while the original guy is in the corner fucking reloading. The person might have, like, not omit the information on purpose, but because of the lack of information provided, you really failed to give your teammate the proper perception of what was going on so they could make a proper play. Instead, you screamed loud and all hyped, Oh, he's one tap! Oh, he's one tap! When it was probably more like six tap with two of his friends lurking in the corner. If you were able to actually tell your teammate this, nine times out of ten, your teammate would have flanked to make a better play. Unless he's, you know, shitty as fuck. But anyway, telling a story without giving color really gives false perceptions, even if you aren't technically telling a lie. Think about sports when you hear Mike Breen and Mark Jackson when they would call NBA games, or Joe Buck and Troy Aikman when they would call NFL games. One does the play-by-play to draw the picture of the story of what's going on in the game, but the second one fills in the lines as a color commentator to give more insight to what exactly is going on and why. This works in tandem and keeps people to be in the know and have a great understanding of what's going on. Perception is everything, so keep that in mind and the context in which you speak when you're spewing your info. Mama, there goes that man. I want to send thoughts and prayers to the victims that were impacted and the family that lost a loved one due to gun violence at the end of the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade. It's really a damn shame we amassed close to 50 mass shootings and we're not even 60 days into the year of 2024. Something's really got to change. But back on a football note, now that the Super Bowl is over and the quote unquote baby goat went back to back, I know a lot of y'all aren't happy because of greatness fatigue. I didn't have a true rooting interest, but I knew the Chiefs winning would create great topics for sports media and I thought I would get another Pat Mahomes senior meme. It's too bad he got hit with that DUI in Texas. Would it have been smoking on that gold pack or smoking on that gold rush? I guess we'll never know. But even if you aren't happy about who won the Super Bowl, I know you're happy we won't have to get this whole swelcy or quiffed shit shoved down our throats by the NFL media for a while. Me personally, I never really gave a damn because I know business. And knowing business, we should have known all the NFL was going to do was milk this the best they could. Hell, I wouldn't be even surprised if there was a backdoor deal going on. 
for an estimated $330 million in additional revenue, you sure as hell know I would fucking would do it. It's just good business. But I will say, a couple months ago, when the whole relationship between the two kicked off and when the whole topic of did he upgrade came up, I gotta say, some of y'all women, y'all funny and hypocritical as fuck. Here we go! It seemed like when the breaking news of the Swelsea relationship happened, all the black women on Twitter were in an uproar. Honestly, I'm not sure why, because I've always been one to stay out of white people business because it doesn't really pertain to me. It's like we got our own black problems. Why am I going to get this stressed out over a white man deciding to date a white woman? Fuck, a close to a billionaire woman at that. So to ask if a white man who was dating a black chick that is now dating a white billionaire woman is an upgrade or not, that's pretty damn foolish. For some reason, though, it just seemed like every black woman had felt it was their business to have something to say. Probably due to the fact that because he used to date a black chick, I'm guessing in their mind they felt they were defending their sis or some stupid shit like that. Who knows what really goes on to those minds of theirs. But let's break down the reality of things. In my years of living in this capitalistic country of America, I've always felt, fuck that. We've been taught and bred to know that money equals power. Money, power, respect. First you get the money, the power, them hoes come and holler, etc, etc. You could be a rich, old, wrinkly motherfucker or a funny looking rapper and still get some bad bitches because you have the money, which equals to the power. As men, we know it isn't necessarily always about the looks when it comes to getting women. Ladies, you're looking for the man who got the good job, can take you places, can buy you nice shit. Looks might be maybe a solid four on this checklist y'all all keep, right? If you got money, you're a type. Like, what happened to falling in love with a nigga with a bus pass? So, like, <laughs> in a woman's eyes, if looks aren't the only thing that is important when looking for a man, why should it be the only important thing in regards to comparing if a man made an upgrade from one woman to the other? I mean, especially if this said new woman is the same race and has way more duckers than the chick he was with before. Why do these standards only apply to men and not to women? Like, I don't care how many times y'all post that same video of the ex-chick walking the runway and saying, oh, he went from this to that with a different, you know, skeleton looking meme of the other girl. Like, who fucking cares? Like, if looks are the only thing that matter for men and who they date, then let's set that as the baseline from now on for everyone. Half of the big back booger bears out there would have an even harder time finding love. Shit, half of these bad bitches would struggle. They struggling now. You ever seen a chick who's like bad as shit? Like she's so fucking bad, like head to toe, polished, like everything's right. Like you would suck the soul out this bad bitch, but she's single. I always say like there's something wrong with her mental more than likely. It's always something you can't see. And that's really when you need to take a step back and examine. And then some of these other quote unquote bad bitches will struggle because, you know, a lot of y'all, y'all don't even have real eyebrows. Like we shouldn't equate only looks to as of whether someone is an upgrade or not. A dude could have the baddest chick ever, but if she got a shitty attitude or if she a little brokey, is he really putting himself in the best position to thrive? What if Shorty was annoying as fuck? I saw a video recently on Twitter and it was like a throwback of them together at a baseball game and she was like doing a bunch of annoying shit. It seemed like she was trying to fuck with him and get him to look and laugh and turn or whatever to like maybe get some attention for like some Instagram views. Then like the one thing that Shorty goes to do next, like... Shorty proceeds to take the man's hat off. Like, for some reason, as a man, like, when you take our hat off, like, when we're in public, like, that really 
pisses us off. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, don't touch my fucking hat. Like, I can't stand that shit. Like, and, you know, this is coming from a dude, like, with hair. It's not like I'm a hat fish or, like, I have to have a hat on because I got a body or something. Like, don't touch my fucking hat. Like, that shit is so annoying. I'm telling you, as any dude, they will be bothered by it. But, you know, the small glimpse of that video into that situation, you know, it seemed pretty annoying for him. And from the outside looking in, for me, Shorty looked like a liability. And, you know, lastly, you know, I want to say this before we really get off this topic. You know, we as men, society, the urban millennials, whatever you want to call it, we really shouldn't let women make any type of determination on what type of women are a catch. I mean, my main reasons is because, one, they all feel like they're a catch, which can't be true. And two, they can't even choose their baby daddies correctly. Like, they are the true definition of blind pain. <laughs> like, can't see that shit for a mile. Like, Antoine ain't been shit for a whole year. But because he was selling dope and buying you Louis bags and doing what the fuck ever. And then once you get pregnant, shit changes. Now you want to say, oh, that nigga ain't shit. Oh, I shouldn't have fucked with him. Oh, I made a mistake. We been knew Antoine wasn't shit. Like, like, but, I, but you know, and even as far as talking about the catch thing. Like, I always say, like, oh, every woman... Oh, I'm the catch. I'm the catch. I'm the catch. If everyone is the catch, then why the fuck haven't all of y'all been caught? Or if you are the catch, why has everybody fumbled you? Don't nobody want to accept that, you know, it is what it is. The sports world is pretty funny because it's funny how everything always comes full circle. So there was a report out the other day that the Warriors brass were reaching out to the Lakers and they were trying to make attempt to trade for one 39-year-old LeBron James. Now, everybody knows how I feel about LeBron, so I have nothing to say about him. You know, we're not going to have a goat argument here, but, you know, I will say nobody is better than that guy that's ever touched a basketball, period. So, I feel like it's hilarious because if we think back to those 2016, 17, 18 days, especially after he lost to them twice, you know, all your Tritter troll people and everyone else were like, oh, you know... Fuck Bron, I can't stand him. You know, oh, we, you know, we beat him anyway without KD. We really didn't need KD, but we got him anyway, et cetera, et cetera, blah, 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 blah fucking blah. Like, y'all niggas only won because of KD. Y'all hired him as a sniper. Now you ain't really doing that well. And y'all really that desperate that y'all reaching out to a 39-year-old guy who actually turns 40 this year to try to help you get over the hump? Now, I will say this, you know, Everybody knows that I felt that, you know, a little bit of bias, you know, Cavaliers fan, Cleveland, Ohio guy, you know, it was shitty when KD went there back in the day because I really think that ruined what could have been the new age Magic and Bird, a.k.a. you know, Bron and stuff like that really tilted the pendulum so much. And we were expecting that next year after 2016 to get a part three. And just say, okay, you know, Steph won the first year, Brown won the second year. Let's see who's going to get it in the third round and kind of go from there. So KD just kind of fucked that up and really ruined what could have really been something great. Um, it was great in the first two years, but after that, it was fucked up. It was just sweeps here and there and whatever. So it's like now, after all this shit talking and everything else from that whole brass, them fake ass fans, them fucking never been to the Bay ass fans. Them never left their hometown fans. Y'all people was trying to trade for this nigga. I think that's the most hilarious shit ever. And honestly, I'm going to tell you this too. At this point, I would have loved to see Braun and Steph play together. I think it would have been fucking fantastic to see that, especially at both of the points in their career. 
But ultimately, it would have been a great thing, but it's not happening. So we'll see how the rest of the NBA season turns out. Can't wait to talk hoops. But uh, I just want to say, yeah, fuck all them niggas. Thanks for listening to the FMFU podcast. Follow me on Facebook at FMFU Experience. I'm also on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at FMFU underscore experience. Also check me out on Twitch for some Warzone action at ReesePup007. Remember people, life is a series of choices. Just make sure you make the right one. Peace.